Welcome back into the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thanks for joining us once again. As a reminder, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wait for it, wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on YouTube, for the record. I have my own YouTube channel. You can search for us there. And we are hosted on SoundCloud, in case you don't like those other platforms. So we try to try to have multiple areas and multiple ways of connecting with you all. And if you ever want to connect with us in return, just send us an email or send us feedback on any of those aforementioned platforms. But our email is wsnspodcast at gmail.com. It has been an amazing journey thus far, and we are just going to hit the ground running. Cannot wait for next week's episode. I think all of you are going to enjoy it. Now for tonight, the drive time theme, as we have been getting at every other week, this one's going to resolve uh, some inner feelings that I've had, some inner demons when it comes to this issue, as well as it's going to revolve around a topic which we lump everyone in together as the least of these. And for myself, when, when I think of the least of these, we, we think of, you know, we think of the orphans, we think of the widow, we think of those who are maybe uh, mentally dealing with something um, that the rest of us aren't dealing with. You know, we think of those people, and a lot of times, at least growing up for me in the church and in a Christian school, because of the affluence in our nation, I always thought the least of these were more prominent in other nations, in that if I was going to go and take care of the orphans and the sick, I'd, I'd have to go to Africa to do that. Well, in 2008, and some of my friends who are still around this immediate area will remember this as well, I had a pastor, his name is Pastor Bryce. He is one of the most important figures in my, in my development spiritually growing up. We, we did a, a missions trip, and we were supposed to do it in Indianapolis. It was supposed to be called Mission Indy. And this was my summer between my eighth and ninth grade year of, of schooling. And this was a big deal. This was my last big hurrah moment with my middle school youth group. And I love Pastor Bryce. And, and I'll, as a kid, when you grow closer to a pastor, you hate to leave them. That has nothing to do with what's to come next. That's not an indictment on any high school youth, youth pastor. It's just that when you form a connection, it can be difficult to move on. So, so this opportunity presented a lot of things. And what I, what I loved is that we, something I can't remember now, it fell through and we couldn't go to Indianapolis. And so instead we had Mission Jackson. Jackson, Michigan's my hometown. That's where I currently reside in. And this being 13 years ago, basically 12 and a half years ago now, I still remember it like the back of my hand because what that taught me is that to affect the least of these among us, to serve the impoverished, to go and be with the elderly, those who can't care for themselves in care homes, you didn't have to go all the way across the world to do so. There are those here, even in the affluent society of the United States, who are struggling. And that's not an indictment on those who do go across the world. I think God calls people, you know, because we are individuals with our own unique gifts and talents and our callings that that's just not for everyone, just as much for, for us that we need to stay here and, and be the local church in these particular uh, places and times. So when we were able to go and be with those, the, the elderly, and play bingo with them, just something very simple. We 
went and served at a local interfaith shelter and served food. We worked with Habitat for Humanity and doing some cleanup projects. Those overall didn't have the big landscaping and sweeping changes that you would like to see. But what it did is it planted seeds, and I will forever be grateful to Pastor Bryce for laying that foundation and, and planting those seeds because what it taught me at such a young age, an impressionable age, is that the poor, just like Jesus said to his disciples, will always be with us. Now, that might be taking a little bit out of context for what Jesus was talking about with his disciples because he was talking to his disciples and telling them that you're supposed to be with me, basically, that the poor will always be with you, but he doesn't say that just to spite the poor. He's actually saying a very true statement. And and for me personally, I, I shared a lot of uh, a lot of stories and and I I had a lot of memories with a lot of friends. And so over the years, we would bond over these and we would reflect upon these memories that were that were made and the lessons that we took from them. And, and for me, still to this day, I remember that week like the back of my hand and. And that it does include a night where we did sleep out in cardboard boxes in our church parking lot. Now, we were supervised, of course, but we did it. And that was to really drive home the point that these are people, the, the these are people in our nation that are dealing with this right now. You get to go home. Some people don't. So what are you going to do about it? And this reminds me, you know, my mental state at that point reminds me basically of this podcast that I had a couple weeks ago with Dr. Frisius. And for those who have been listening, you will remember when he was mentioning what the church was like in the first century of Rome. You know, think if think for a moment if this sounds familiar, you know, Rome in the first century, multicultural, many different ethnic backgrounds, different poverty levels, different languages. So, in other words, incredibly diverse, much like our culture today. And the church is one of the only institutions that's reaching across all of those boundaries. We were the ones that didn't care about where you were from, what language you spoke, how much money you made. Our mission was to make disciples. And one of the very early contributors to the church movement, Clement of Rome, which is Dr. Frisius's reference here, was that it was expected that you help the poor. It was not something that we allowed the government to take care of and basically carry the weight. That was one of the big points of the podcast and the interview I had with him is that we didn't allow the state to do the heavy lifting because as a church, we were expected to help the poor. His analogy was if you had two sandwiches on the way to work, you don't really need two sandwiches. You can give the other sandwich to the other person. It's pretty straightforward. So for us, I wonder if now, 2,000 years removed from that environment, where if you want to help a particular group of people out, you're not going to the church. You are going to an NGO. You're going to a non-for-profit. Or your church will have opportunities, but is it every day? Or is it maybe twice a month or whatever at the food drive or the food banquet, whatever, or it's partnering with another business in town, which I'm not saying is bad by any means. No, I just don't know if there's an emphasis placed on the individual that the people we're going to be around oftentimes are not in the church services with us a lot of times because they don't, they don't either want to accept help or 
you know, and again, our affluent society where we easily cover up the need because it's not always physical. You know, personally for me, I know some widows and they do very well for themselves. So you wouldn't know that they didn't have any needs. You would just assume everything's okay. But see, it's not just physical needs. It's actually getting to know people and, and knowing that there's a greater spiritual need there. Of course, it's easy to find out who are orphans who are and who are actual poor people. I mean, we can go to a overpass or we can stop at a stoplight or stop sign and we see the people with the signs, right? And due to a lot of you know good reasons, we, we have reasons to be skeptical because we want to help people. You know, personally, what I try to do is always carry an extra, uh, extra thing uh, of food with me because food at least hopefully doesn't go to waste. And that was demonstrated to me by one of my friends, Mandy, who is a listener of the show. I'll give you a shout out, girl. She taught me the just unbiased, unfiltered generosity of saying, here is my gift to you of a gift of food. I'm going to do it joyfully. And I was convicted by that. I'll always remember that, Mandy, when we're on fall break and you you gave food uh, to somebody and it was your leftovers. And I think I was a little upset because I had bought you that meal and I was thinking, well, at least, at least somebody will eat it. And if you might yell at me if I didn't do that, maybe I'm just trying to make you look bad, but yeah, it wouldn't be the first time. But that was inspiring. Like I had one of my friends hold me to account and show me a, a better way of, of helping. So when we're talking about helping the least of these in our daily lives, I would ask you to pray about it. You know, we come together on Sunday mornings and the reminder should be, we need to be doing this every day, individually. Imagine how big your church is and how how much influence you can individually have on a Monday through Saturday. And then when you come together on Sunday, you can celebrate together and you can re you know, re-emphasize the importance of helping those out, the less, the less fortunate. Because that's when the real work is done. It's outside of the church building. Because church is so much bigger than a building. And if you guys want any sort of biblical uh, proof and examples, I would refer you to the books of Matthew, chapter 5, 19, 25, Luke, chapter 10, chapter 12, 14, and 14, Romans 13, uh, John, 1 John, chapter 2, James, chapter 1, Go into the Old Testament, look at Proverbs chapter 15, chapter 19, Jeremiah 7, Jeremiah 22, Exodus 22, Psalm 68. Just to name a few of what the Bible has to say about the least of these and what we're supposed to do. Now, coming back to Mandy for a second, um, she even showed me the importance of visiting people in prison. Talk about the less fortunate. So, yes, I've had friends that have testified this very thing in their lives. And I owe it to them, and I think we owe it to them is to take that act of discipleship and pass it on. And so if there's anything that we can go away tonight from this particular episode is I would just encourage you to get down on your knees and pray. How can you be helping the less fortunate out? It doesn't mean you have to do something drastic, and maybe it does. But I think it starts with, with being on our knees, asking the Lord to, to, to use us in a particular way. For some people, that will be a financial blessing. For others, it just might mean carrying around a extra protein bar, granola bar, something in their car, and then giving it away. Because sometimes it takes us getting out of our own busy lives to pray maybe in the moment. When you see somebody, just ask God. He will respond. It's just whether or not it's his children if we're willing to listen. And I think that's what I'm asking for. Maybe we can just quiet ourselves more, be disciplined, 
because we're just being commanded. If you if you look at those particular areas of scripture, it's not a conditional thing. It's not contingent. We are to take care of them, visit them, feed them, clothe them, provide provide for both the physical and spiritual needs. It's not contingent upon anything. This is what we're supposed to do, and we're not supposed to expect anything in return. Nothing at all. And for us, I'm just wondering if we put ourselves in their shoes, what would we want a Christian to do for us? Are are we that that person suffering and we just we just desperately want somebody to call us and ask how we're doing. Is it possible that it just takes that much? Just that little bit of time, sending a text message, calling someone you haven't talked to in a while? I wonder if that's the case. Anyway, those are just some thoughts. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for supporting this podcast again. We're on multiple different platforms. I really appreciate your feedback. We'll need it. Again, this is a journey we're doing together. I love you guys. I'm praying for you. Thank you for your support. And I hope you guys have a blessed rest of your day.